Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. We're right here in the Genie Bottle once again. And um, I want to thank everybody that's been subscribing on different platforms, who's been leaving uh, reviews for me on Stitcher and Apple iTunes. Thank you so much. And uh, people that share and uh, download, thank you, because you do that. It helps me to continue to have great shows and great guests. Uh, thank you for the people that say you like the fact that I have people that you know and get excited about or people that you don't know, so you get to learn to meet new people, whether they're authors, musicians, scientists, uh, NASA JPL people, comedians, uh, psychics. We've got some more psychics coming on. I've got a, a couple of uh, PR agencies that message me a lot or, or contact me when they have psychics they want to have on. So we've got some more psychics coming up soon. And let's see what else. Oh, just in. I mean, this news came to me about uh, 10 minutes before the show started on April 29th. It's a Wednesday night. I guess will be Don Most. He's an actor, a singer, producer, director. But you might remember him more as Donnie Most, who was Ralph Mouth on Happy Days. And but he's a great singer. He sings a lot of the standards. You know, he was a big Bobby Darren fan and so uh he sings a lot of music. And his wife is also a producer and actress, an actress he met on Happy Days. So he'll be here on the twenty ninth and that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh and lots of more people coming. Also, uh People have been asking me about a couple of recent guests. Can they still get in touch with or get discounts? One is Franny Goldie. And, you know, if you read O oh, the Oprah magazine or if you've seen Adam Glassman, Oprah's style uh, guru on in the magazine, he also goes on The View a lot. And he takes these pants that Franny Goldie designed. They're called, he calls them the magic pants. That was the name he gave them. And because they're comfortable, they're attractive, they look good for business, casual, whatever, and they feel good. Um, if you go to the website, FrannyGoldie.com, and it's F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E.com, and Franny made a, a coupon code, which is M-P-S, initials for Madame Perry Salon. Put that in when you check out, and you'll get a discount. And, yes, a lot of you know if you ask me if you're musicians, yes, it's that Franny Goldie. She's the Franny Goldie that wrote so many of your favorite songs, uh, Night Shift by the Commodores, uh, Stick With You, Pussycat Dolls, Dreaming by Selena, uh, when she was on the show. I mean, we were still getting calls after the show was over, and she's just a wonderful woman. But it's, she's not only a musician, songwriter, but she's a clothing designer. So, yeah, go to her site, check it out, and, and put that in. Also, recently I had a guest on who's a sports agent, uh, Kyle Mayberry of True Athletics, and he will help you get your child or yourself matched up with the college and help you get recruited um, doesn't matter what the sport is, and it's T R U 
A-T-H-L-E-T-I-X, and just go to the website and contact them. Um, and you can also let them know that you found out about him from here. And he, he's not going to overcharge you. He makes everything affordable, but he will help. And right now, we need all the help we can get, right? Hey, listen. I am so excited about tonight's guest, and everybody has been hitting me up about this, going, are you for real? Is this, is this, is this really who you meant? You really got this person on? Yes, I did. Um, yes, she's a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. Some of her uh, most popular titles are Cool, Beautiful World, This Tomorrow, Pictures of You, Girls in Trouble, Coming Back to Me, Jealousies, Family. Meeting Rosie halfway, living other lives. I mean, I I, I don't know she, I, how she writes so much. This woman was just made to to tell us stories and tell us stories that mean a lot to us and that stay with us. Um, a lot of her books have been option for film. They're available in other languages. And because I promised you, and I've got to prove it's true. Yes, my guest tonight is author Carolyn Levitt. Carolyn. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here. And listen to you, I am so excited. I'm such a fangirl right now. Let me make sure, <laughs> Carolyn or Caroline? Caroline is fine. Caroline, okay, Caroline, Caroline. But now I want to know the right way because, you know, I know we had just asked you before we got on, but I get excited. So. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Caroline is fine. I'll answer to anything as long as it's not involved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. And um, so I'm just thrilled to have you here. And, you know, so glad that you said you have been to Georgia once. You've been to Atlanta for the Decatur Book Fest, it seems. And, uh, uh, yeah, I love it. I, hope I love it. It's just a beautiful place. And, and then it's like a, like a big festival, especially in that part of town. It's just where everything is outside and outdoors, and you can just mm-hmm. wander through and and yeah, I'm so glad wonderful. that you were there. And hopefully we'll be having it again this year, and hopefully oh, you'll come back sometime oh. because... Oh, definitely. If they have it, I will be there. <laughs> All right, good. I have a, um, I am reading your latest book, but you've got another book coming out in August, or with or without right. you. Right. And tell us about it because... You know, we get, we're planning ahead, all your fans. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, well, with or Without You is about this phenomena that I was reading about, which is a lot of times when people are in comas, when they come out of the coma, it's not just that they have a personality change, but they have these incredible new talents. I was reading a story of one woman woke up, and she had never been able to play any instrument, and all of a sudden she was a violinist. And she was a virtuosa, and she started playing concert halls. There was another story of this man who woke up, and he had spent all his life in America, and all of a sudden he was speaking fluent Mandarin. He quit his job, he moved to China, became a translator. And, um, you know, these things stay with these people. They they track these people 10 years after they came out of a coma. They still had whatever incredible thing that they were able to do stayed with them. They were definitely changed. So I went to talk to a friend of mine who's a neurologist and a neuroscientist. 
to ask him about that. And he said, well, you know, people don't really understand coma. A lot of different things happen in it. But one of the things that can happen is that your the norms of your brain can actually change and you can actually become a different person. So that was partly why. So I started to write this book about this woman who's a nurse and she's very practical and she's married to a middle-aged rock and roller who's a little bit down on his luck and they're drinking one night and arguing about their lives. She wants him to grow up. He wants her to be a little bit wilder and they both fall asleep. And in the morning he wakes up and she's in a coma. And when she wakes up, she has this incredible, extraordinary talent where she can paint the inner lives of people and her fame eclipses his, and it's really about how people change in relationships. And um, the other reason I wrote it is something a little bit more personal, where uh, years and years ago when I had my son, right after I had him, I developed this de- this mysterious illness, and I was actually in a coma myself. For It was a medically induced one. It was for three and a half weeks, and when I came out of it, I... I didn't remember anything, and I didn't change at all. So I wanted to sort of give that change to my character. So I had her change quite a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. And so, so, yeah, so you were in a medically induced coma. You said for three for three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Wow. I don't really remember. I don't remember anything from that time. And the thing was that when I got out of the coma, all my friends and my husband and my family were also traumatized. They didn't want to talk about it. You know, they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to. So I never knew any of the details, and the doctors didn't really want to talk about it. So I made them up for my character, and uh, I vetted them to make sure that they sounded true and that they were true. Wow. So this is, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so you did. And it's just amazing some of the stories. Because yeah, once in a while, you know, you'll read something, whether it's in a news report in a newspaper or a, um, People magazine or something or a Science or Mind magazine. Right. <laughs> you think, does this really happen to people? I mean, I think there was one. What was their story? And maybe I think you researched this too about a guy who woke up being sure he was Matthew McConaughey? Yes, yes, that was the next story I was just going to tell you. Yeah, he woke up. He was a young guy. He was sure he was Matthew McConaughey, and he was asking for the phone so he could call his agent, and they kept telling him, you're not Matthew McConaughey. And he got, when he was able to get up, he looked at himself in a mirror, and he saw Matthew McConaughey, and it took him something like six months of therapy before he realized <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. How he realized he was not this actor, and they even today, you know, when they ask him, he he still feels that on some part of him, at least for a time, that he was Matthew McConaughey. But um, nobody ever contacted Matthew McConaughey, the actor, to find out what he thought about it. But it was just such a bizarre story. No one could convince him otherwise. Wow, and it sounds like. Um... You know, like like something you'd see either on an old uh, Twilight Zone or a current Netflix right. or something. You know, but but it really really happened. So it does really happen, and to me that was so fascinating, especially where, you know, I looked at the paintings of somebody who had come out of a coma who became a painter, and they're amazing. They're really really good, and 
they asked the guy about it, and he said, I don't know. I just felt an urge to do it, and that's all I want to do now. And he's selling his paintings for thousands of dollars now, and he's become a, a genuinely different person in personality. That's, that's amazing. There's so many mysteries behind things like that. You, I mean, you don't know if it's some kind of repressed memory or right. memory that people talk about. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know. It could have been, you know, maybe he had a great, great grandmother who painted and it came through the cell. The thing is they don't know, and they don't know what would make this suddenly express itself in one person or another. Amazing. I can imagine, too, people, you know, you'd be kind of confused, like, what's happened to me all of a sudden? Right, um, right. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, oh, that would be so wild. So you have this in your story. Thank you. Because, um, okay, i got to say something here. Um, oh, first of all, yes, I am actually, honest to God, talking to Caroline Levitt here on Madame Perry's Salon. She's here in the genie bottle with me. And if you have a question, a comment, you want to talk to her, you can give us a call at 646-716-9922. I am sure Ms. Levitt would welcome your call. Or I will, and I'll answer anything. Call. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or, or if you can't call, and um, Caroline, you know, we've all had the situation sometimes where maybe you got a job where you can't make a phone call or something or a situation you're in. Right, right. Uh, and so people in that situation, they can always send a co- uh, question or comment in via a message on Facebook. So you can send it in as uh, through Jennifer Maudette Perry or through Madam Perry Salon. And I'll be checking for your messages and comments and be happy to share. So, um, and so I have, a call, I have a call already for you. So hi, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Hey, hey, introduce hey, yourself hey, to Carol. Caroline Levitt. Hey, hi. My name's Jake. My name's Jacob Marquez, and I had a comment. I had a question for Carolyn Levitt. What, right. What's your what's your what's your writing process like for you? How do you come up with like your plot lines? Do you plot it uh, out, or how does that work? I always I always plot it out. I, I start with some idea that's haunting me and, um, you know, like some question, like how do you become a part of a community that doesn't want you or what would you do if you woke up and you were suddenly different? Um, and then once I start that, then I just go into the, into the, into the character and uh, I try to figure out what the character is going to do. Um, and and it goes from there, and that's really my whole process. It takes me about four years to write a book, um, and, and I do like a million drafts, and sometimes I'm not really sure what I'm writing about until I'm on the very last draft. Awesome. And that's my process. This is Jacob, by the way. I oh hi Jacob how are you how are you good so have you called in Jacob has a Jacob has a wonderful uh re um I forgot the name of it Jacob it's like reading reading circle reading, reading, reading corner Re- reading corner yes reading corner yes. yeah it's wonderful oh, it's wonderful Jacob I'm so glad you called thanks so much I just wanted to say you're doing a great show and I'm enjoying the show. 
I just wanted to call in and say hi to Carolyn, and I hope, I hope you're staying staying safe, Carolyn, and staying healthy. So that's that's good. That's good to know. Right. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome. Bye bye. Thank you, Jacob. Hey, Jacob, you Thank stay safe as well. All right. All right, okay, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. It's a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Oh, what a sweetheart. That was that a was surprise. Nice. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was great. Um, so, now, okay. Okay, I'm going to have to take a little issue with you here on something. Okay. You can't. You're, you're, a young, you're a young woman, okay? I mean, I read about you. I've seen your pictures. You're a young woman. How could you possibly have so many books out if you, it takes you about four years to write one? Okay. Are you doing like several <laughs> at the same time? I'm just asking. You I'm know, just saying. You, you know what? That's a funny question. It's actually a curse because I'm really, really fast. And I always really, really feel like I'm not going to have time to finish what I need to do. So I have to keep writing and writing and writing. And um, I – so that's – what I do is uh, it may take me four years to do a novel, but when I'm two years into one novel, I'll start on the next one just so I won't have any time ah. where I'm not working on something. It's 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 under, <laughs> it's purely being neurotic, you know. What can I say? <laughs> I just have to be really busy all the time to be happy. Okay, I I I, I didn't mean to offend. It. I just say it. I didn't sit there. No, it's yeah, not it offended at all. It had to be lovely. something like it's that. Lovely. Okay. I thought, okay, she's too young to be doing one at a time in four years. She's got to be la- she's got to be layering it somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm I'm the one I love too. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see. We have another caller here for you. Um, okay. You bring them in here. Welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. Please introduce yourself and say hello to Caroline Levin. Uh, hi, my name is Andy from Long Island. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Look, how, how can I help you? Well, I have a question. I'm <clears throat> writing my first novel, and I tend to try to edit as I go along. And I, I, I know I've read somewhere that you do a lot of rewrites. And I just kind of want to get a sense of how much work I have ahead of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a first draft type writer. Well, I do about 20 drafts. Wow. And uh, you really said, yeah, you know what, the first draft is usually just spit it all out, get it all out on paper, and then, you know, your next draft, then you can go back and revise. But really, you just want to keep writing, writing, writing until the story yeah. reveals itself to you. Because the way I usually work is if I see something that I just did and I don't like it, I'll try to revise it on the spot. And sometimes that keeps me in the same no, place for days on no. end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, just keep moving ahead. Keep keep moving ahead. Otherwise, you'll be on the same paragraph for five years. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for the question, okay. Andy. Long Island thank is so near me. Okay. Long thank Island. You so what, what part of... Andy, what, what do what? you write? What is your what is your genre? Oh, okay, you must have hung up. Andy's gone. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, we'll, yeah, we'll be looking did. for Andy from Long Island. <laughs> Andy from Long that's right. I wonder where I used to go to Long Island a lot to visit a friend in Centerport. Lovely place. Um Yeah, very lovely. Very lovely. Yeah. Okay. So, um 
Uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a, nothing. I, I would imagine too, if you have two maybe two uh, books going at a time or two stories, I guess it would be good to go to kind of change whether you don't get stuck on that same paragraph forever. As you were telling. Oh me, yeah, and plus, plus a lot of times, doing. a lot of times you just can't tell what the story is until you're finished with the whole thing. Mm. Uh, things reveal. I don't know. I, I don't write fiction. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is all. This is to me, it's just amazing. You know, it's just like, okay, how do they, how do they do it? And I mean, I write stuff like, um, I call it, you know, creative, nonfiction, humorous essays. Um, the nicest thing somebody That's ever said to me, which now. I think was way over, over. <laughs> well, this was way over my skill. But somebody said they, I reminded them of David Sedaris and David Rakoff, and I thought, oh my god. Oh, that's so what great. I'd love to be. Yeah, but, but, um, so let me ask you, um, when. You wrote, I'm reading right now, I'm reading Cruel, Beautiful World. Uh-huh. And, you know, I get, and I've been a reader since I was probably before school. My mother taught me how to write before I ever went to school, and I was reading very early. And it's just always been my favorite pleasure, escape, way to learn. But sometimes, and and. I'm sure you read a lot too. You know, you read some things, and there seems to be a trend in plots. And sometimes people will give me books, or say when I would come home Expo America, which I've been two or three times, and you know, you come home with so many books, and then it gets to where, oh, this is a story about, and then you see it other way, like, oh, this is another. So I'm reading Cruel, Beautiful World, and for anyone that hasn't read it, I'm not through, but I'm not going to give anything away. But I get started in it, and I'm in the characters, and I start thinking, oh, wait, I know where this is going to go. It's, oh, please don't let it be like, please don't let it happen like this book and this book and this book. And, of course, because it's you, it doesn't. Different oh, direction of what I'm expecting. Oh, that was a scary <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, so then I'm reading this. Like, I remember one point my husband, of course, fortunately, he loves to read, too, so we'd be laid in bed reading. And I think I would, like, wake up and pick it up and go, or the dog would need to go out. And I think, well, I- I'll read some more Cruel, Beautiful World before I go to bed. And then my husband wake up, what are you, go- what are you reading? You know, he said, if, I, if I'm waking up in the, in the middle of the night and reading, then he wants to know what I'm reading so he can have it next. And... Uh, <laughs> He goes, what are you going to do tomorrow? He goes, oh, wait a minute. It's almost tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Okay. I said, I'm going to finish reading this book, I hope. But, but I love it. The characters, and you give us, you share the backstory in a way that you're inviting us into their lives. It's not like, sometimes I love to read biographies and memoirs, and sometimes this, the backstory sounds like somebody's kind of given a dry history lesson. Right, but right. I love the way you don't do that. You take us there. You take us by the hand, and you and you put us where we can watch it. We can watch the story unfold, and we can see the people. And it's Thank not you. like, oh, they had a mom that did this and that. And I'm going, oh, oh, where's, why have I not read more of her books yet? So, yeah, I love it. I love the way you do that. I'm sure you probably hear that from everybody. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people are shy to to speak to me, which which I always think is kind of funny because I'm such a marshmallow inside. But you know, writers always love to hear stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, where did you? Who, who were you? I know this is an old question, but really, what writers influenced you, and which people did, as, even as a young 
young woman or young reader, what books just held you? Oh, a, a, a lot, a lot. Um, I was very influenced when I was a little girl by, I actually really loved Charles Dickens because he kept you reading and there were so many twists and turns. It was amazing. And, you know, now when I, when I grew up, I started, I really loved um, Elizabeth Stroud and I really loved um, John Irving, The World According to Garb, because it was so entertaining. Um and I never knew what was going to come next. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that you could, you could do that when you wrote, that you could be both entertaining and literary and also tell a great story. And, um, you know, it was, just, it was just amazing. Now I sort of, I read everything because, because I'm a book reviewer, so I get a lot of books coming in every week. And I always try to read a little bit of every single one. Um, and um, I'm sort of influenced by everything, by everything. I think everybody is. When you read a good book, you just, you know, you, can't, you just can't put it down. That too, yeah. Yeah, you carry it around. Like I said, fortunately, my husband and I are both readers, so he'll never be the one to say, what are you doing? You know, he's, and sometimes we've even <laughs> both been into books so much. We've gone, we've gone out dinner I got to get a pizza and it's like can I bring my book yep I can bring mine though <laughs> you know because we get it you know yeah. we understand it and then we'll stop and share something with each other and then get back to it so yeah that um go ahead yeah yeah we 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 trade we took our from the moment our son was born we took him to the library every week where he could take out as many books as he wanted. And then the big treat was to go to the local bookstore where he would sprawl out on the floor and read four books. And then he was allowed to buy three to bring home. So he had his own little private library by the time he was six, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'm lucky. I don't have children, but my, but I have nieces and nephews that love to read, and especially my niece. So when um, you know, no matter how many books I gave them, you know, they loved it. And I was like, yes, let them explore the world through their books. Uh, there's a a woman um, living here in Atlanta, and she's uh, she's from Ohio. She's from Atlanta, or lives in Atlanta, and she's a poet, uh, very well known poet, and she she does travel and speak. Her name is. Julie Blomicky, and her first book, Slide to Unlock, which is the first book of only her poetry, um, she's just published it, and she wanted to know, she's doing, she's on some other show tonight or reading, but she wanted me to ask you, she said, if you would, please ask her how it's been to debut her work in the world of COVID-19, and how is it being read differently? That's that's a really exceptionally great question. It really is. It's totally different. Everything is being. It's it's totally totally different. I had um, I had my first tour event was supposed to be in March and that was canceled, and I was so upset that it was canceled uh, because I had practiced my speech for so long that I made a video of myself doing the speech and I sent it out, and I started this 
business called the Nothing is Canceled Virtual Book Tour, where I was going to have authors whose tours and book events had also been canceled. They could do little videos on my blog, and it became so huge that I partnered with another writer, um, Jenna Blum, and we formed this company called A Mighty Blaze, and we now have a staff of 19 unpaid people, and what we do is we all support writers, and we we try to do live interviews with writers. We promote their works. We have live parties uh, where anybody can come and talk to writers, and uh, it's definitely a very, very different time because everything is everything has changed, and nobody knows what to do about it. It's you don't have the bookstores to browse and pick up books that you want, and now when I'm reading different books now some of them if it's just strange it's like I'm reading about a book in a different country if I read about a book where there's a crowd of people I think how can that how can that be you know there there are no crowds I'm living in a place where we have an eight o'clock curfew and the streets are empty so it's all you know, it's all very, very strange, and it's harder. It's harder to read now. It's harder to write. It's harder to do anything because we just don't know what's going to come next for any of us. Well, that's the truth. And a mighty blaze, please use me. A mighty blaze, I'm here for you. My podcast, whatever, my social media. Great. Please. Great. I will like. I will tell the powers that be. They'll. We'll contact you tomorrow. We will contact you tomorrow okay. because we. We. It would be great. We want to be like. We. We always say that a book is like a small fire, and when you get enough of them, they all ignite into this mighty blaze, <laughs> illuminating the world. And <laughs> it's you know it's a good thing. It's really a good thing. Well, you know, I sit. Um, I am. Professions. I'm an entertainment publicist, and a lot of my clients are authors. And one of the things that I always try to specialize in, or try to teach people too, when I have a, um, I do a little online group sometimes where I teach people DIY book publicity or promotion, and I always tell them, you know, look for the unconventional. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for someplace where, you, because that's where readers are. Readers aren't always in a bookstore. And just because you have a book, it's not going to, uh, you're not going to go sit down behind a table and suddenly there's going to be a line ready for you. You know, get out, go where the people are. Right. Because I've booked, yeah, I've booked people in um, uh, wine bars. And that was at Christmas where I just put up a, uh, uh, what do you call a press release <laughs> saying, hey, yeah, so take a, relax, knock a few names off your list. And have a sangria or something while you do it, you know. And I told, right. and I always tell authors when they, if it's Christmas time or Hanukkah, or whatever, where they bring some gift wrap, already have it cut out so it's the right size, and offer to wrap it, wrap it for them. That way, they've got a gift. Bam, there you go. And you're doing something that makes it easy for them to send something or to or to buy from you. I put people in jazz clubs. So because people, oh, that's you incredible. Know, yeah, one girl, it was her and her sister. The sister was a musician, or so I introduced her to some people. So the girl, the sister that was a musician, sat in with the jazz band while the, her sister, other sister, uh, my client, sat there. And, and she said, oh, and by the way, my sister's over here. She just wrote a book, and, and she sold several books there. So I always say, you know, look, look for that. But now with this, it's even more challenging. And two days ago, I was asked to speak to a, uh, a senior
a, a group of graduating seniors studying public relations at Atlanta University in Atlanta. And, of course, they, they were going, okay, I've got – and they're dealing with real-world clients as part of projects. And then they'll look – I said, okay, ask me anything. And, and, and they did. Like, okay, I was going to do this. What do I do now? <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is, this is serious, you know. This is serious. And so I, I gave them all the answers that I would give to any client, you know, ways they could get their stuff to people even though they can't go out. So it can be done. And Mighty Blaze is like, oh, my gosh, you've got it going on with the cancel. I love this book because you started it with what you call the Nothing is Canceled virtual book tour. Yeah, I was mad. I was just walking around the house saying, nothing is canceled. Don't tell me it's canceled. I'm not going to take that as a yes answer. So, and I just... Part of it, and it was like a knee. It blew up. It just blew up. We're we're all working like twelve hours a day now on this, but it's putting it's getting books out into the world, and it's putting good out into the world. And I feel like that's a really important thing to do right now. Oh yeah, so nothing is canceled, or as we say in the South, um, oh, you better not. You better not call it canceled. <laughs> you, know? oh. you better not never say it's canceled now. But um, yeah, I, I it, know in the talk you say you you have to explain to me the southern expression "bless your heart." Is that meant to be a compliment, <laughs> or, is that, or is that what you say when somebody's annoying you? <laughs> you know what? I grew up with this, and. I'd always heard it, but I never, um, until later on, uh, maybe about 10 or 20 years ago, I started realizing some people said it as a kind of um, well, compliment, like, oh, bless your heart, you know, oh, too bad for you, or or to keep from saying something bad. So I, I, never, I never understood. But I will tell you this. I, I, I did know growing up there was always like a lot of this, this other thing, a lot of uh, people wouldn't always say what they meant. Kid, that drove me nuts because I always wanted literal interpretations. I wanted to know what was going on, and right, right. Uh, I would say, uh, "What?" Somebody would talk about. Well, she didn't know. I go, well, "She asked you. Why didn't you tell her the answer?" You know. Well, she should have known. Well, if she asked you, she didn't know, and she wanted to know, and that was right, kid, that was right, crazy. <laughs> You know, tell the truth. And I thought that is why when I was growing up and then I started making friends in Long Island, friends in New York, I thought, now this is why I love my New York girlfriends, because they say what they mean. Yeah, we do. And I loved it. I absolutely love it. Nobody ever said anything mean or hurtful, but they were honest. And I thought it wasn't like, is that their version of bless your heart no i just got the truth and so it made me very comfortable uh, right right and you know yeah, i actually had so when, I was down, <laughs> when i was down south i also had my first taste of sweet tea we don't have sweet tea up here <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. well you poor thing <laughs> i know right right <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know how to make it myself, so I'm, I'm all set. Oh, oh, good. You're all set. Okay, good, good, very good. It's funny. I love, I love, you know, the different things in, in different cultures, even though we're all in the same country, and some things, uh, things that we learn from each other. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a friend up in New York, and, and her brother has a, a popular show, and I'm not going to name it because maybe she didn't mean this. I'm not going to give their names because she's a playwright too. But I remember once, you know, we were getting along great. She called it the shows a lot, and then one day she asked me if I ate grits, and I said yes, and she hasn't talked to me since. I don't know if that's just a coincidence. 
you know what? I had grits for the first time, and they're delicious. They're delicious. (laughs) They were so completely wonderful. I I, I actually had them in... um, was it? It was either North Carolina or South Carolina. Oh, Charlottesville. I had them in Charlottesville, and they were delicious. I was so surprised because somehow I thought they were going to taste like oatmeal, and they don't. <laughs> and there's so many that you know, they all the fabulous chefs are using. Or like other places, they might have. Oh, we have smoked Gouda grits with shrimp mm. tonight. You know, it's like, oh, well, alrighty. So yeah, so I don't know if this woman thought that maybe I just didn't wear shoes because I ate grits. Not sure, but I'm hoping for a chance <laughs> to smooth that over. You know, that's funny. I don't know. That's I funny. Don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, this is a. Uh, um, so, oh, so let me get to this too because this is very important. Uh, so, once you started the Nothing Is Canceled virtual book tour for authors, um, the Washington Post got on yep. to it. You know, that was actually very weird because especially now during the time of the virus, I must get like 20 scam calls a day where people want to sell me a back brace or, you know, they want you you have a credit card phone or whatever it is. So the phone was ringing ringing, and I picked it up and I was about to say, have you no shame? There's a pandemic going on. And then I heard a voice saying, oh, this is Ron Charles from the Washington Post. I want to talk to you about the Nothing Is Canceled book tour. And I thought, oh, I'm really glad I didn't say anything nasty to him and it just it sort of I think because it filled the need it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until I was hosting like 20 authors a day and I was realizing I can't I can't do this all on my own so I was very very lucky that this other writer Jenna Blum was sort of doing something similar and she said do you want to join forces and I said absolutely please and um It's been great since, but it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Within three weeks, we had the Authors Guild wanted to partner with us, Poets and Writers partnered with us, um, Publishers Weekly partnered with us. We got a lot of celebrity writers, and in fact, we just got Carly Simon as a supporter of us And I know, and so is Judy Collins, and my dream, of course, is to get Stephen King, but so far I haven't gotten him, but I'm still trying. And we have, we've had already, we've had in three weeks, we've hosted and promoted over, over, I think it must be like 75 or 80 writers. And we have even more coming up in the next week. And it's, it's been astonishing. It's just been really amazing. It's, it's, you know what, it's really a gift to be able to give to other people. And that's the way I see it my place. Well, that is great. I think uh, even in, uh, uh, I was reading something about it in uh, Gotham Ghost Riders. I, I, I know you saw that. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, just okay, someone up for Gotham that. Ghost Riders. Um, Whoops, the sound just are, went are out again. Can you hear me? Okay. No, I, I, I can't now. hear anything right now. Hmm. Well, let's get this fixed. I'll tell you what. I'm not sure where my... Uh, I hope this gets better. Um, okay, it's a little do. better. It's a little we, better. All right, all right. Let's see what we can get here. Um, I was talking about Gotham Ghost Riders. Oh yes, the Gotham Ghost Riders. Oh yes, of course. They're this wonderful organization. Yes, they also they also are a supporter of ours. Um, and they do wonderful work. They do a lot of ghostwriting, and they also have classes for writers. Um, and it's just been 
you know, there's such a great sense of community. I've got to meet all these people from different avenues and different businesses. We spoke to Indigo Books and Music in Canada. Um, it's just insane. It's really insane. And we've had a lot of, like, celebrity authors come on. Like, Jane Green is totally wonderful. Adriana Trigiani is wonderful. And we have Anne Lamont. We had Anne Lamont, who was, who was just wonderful. She was totally delightful, totally delightful person, lovely human being. Ah, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> wow. See, you, uh, you just trust your instinct with that. Don't let anybody stop you. I know you said that was uh, part of a, a Pollyanna type attitude, but uh, I think yes. you were right on. <laughs> Yeah, I prefer, um, you know how some people see the glass half full and the other people see it half empty? I always prefer to see the glass overflowing, you know, no matter, like, I always feel like there's possibility out there and we can take advantage of that and be surprised by it. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, or or just make it happen. You know, I've sometimes I've had a, I don't know, a big situation I've been in where, and, and I've told people to do this too. Um, it happened quite by accident once where I was in a situation where it never happened to me. I was gigging somewhere, and for the first time ever, it was going to be just a small, just a, a bass, stand-up bass and guitar and Nate doing you know, the standards and stuff, or the B-sides and standards. And uh, my husband, for the first time ever, packed everything but his guitar. Oh. And so he went back home to get it, and we'd never had that happen. So I told the bass player, the stand-up bass, I said, you know, we're going to have to write the end of the story and make it happen, make it end up there. Right. So the story's going to end up, who knew you could just do vocal and bass and it would work? That will be the end of the story. And then we got to do work out with some songs that we could do just a vocal and bass, like a Julie London and a bass player type of thing, and make it work. And we so I thought, you know, sometimes you got to write the end of the story. And you went ahead, you went, you knew the end of the story was going to be. You were having a book tour. Right, 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 right. So for you and everybody, so you shared the love. Um, yeah, that is just that is the best. Um, by the way, if, and if you're listening, I know that I've got a friend on the uh, or listener friend on the. West Coast of the saying she can't hear us, but Jacob says he can hear us quite well. So, um, oh, that's good. That's good. Andrea, okay. I, hope, I hope you can hear us now, Andrea. So, anybody else is listening, if you want, have a question or a comment for Caroline Levitt. The number is 646-716-9922. Or you can send me a message through Jennifer Modet Perry or Madam Perry Salon on Facebook, and I'll make sure she gets it. So, um, you know something else. I um, I, I get New York weekend and on, on weekends, and I adore. You know, I'm an animal lover, as you probably guessed, and I adore oh. modern love. Oh, now somebody, <laughs> I know what so, you're going to talk about. So, yeah, I hope you don't mind if I ask no, about how no, you got no, no, in modern no, no. love with a, with a tortoise. This was a really weird thing. I had, you know, I everybody wants to be in modern love. It's like the holy grail, and it's impossible to get in. I had been sending pieces and sending pieces, and one night I was at a party, 
And I was, I actually met, um, Alice Hoffman was there and we were talking about animals and she was talking about her dog. And I started talking about my tortoise and I said, you know, that tortoise was a litmus test for me when I was dating. And she looked at me and she said, that's a modern love. You have to write it. And I said, no, I don't know. She said, no, trust me. I'm never, never wrong. You have to write this. This is a story. So I went back home and I started writing a story about how I got this tortoise which um, I rescued him out of a pet store and I had him in this terrible relationship with this really controlling guy. And when we broke up, I said, I have to take the tortoise. The tortoise has to be mine. And he said, fine, take the tortoise. I don't care. So I took the tortoise and for many months I was alone by myself in this tiny little New York City apartment. And the only company I had was this wonderful tortoise. And I would take him out for walks in the city, and I would take him to Central Park. And the big thing is that he was always my test when I started dating and guys would come to pick me up. If they looked at the tortoise and said, oh, my God, what is this? This is disgusting. Then I didn't want to go out with them. But if they looked at the tortoise and they wanted to touch him, they wanted to interact, that was a good thing. And the funniest thing is that when I started dating my husband, I was going to make dinner for him one night. And this is really awful of me, but I made spaghetti. And I served spaghetti on the table while the tortoise beside us was eating worms. And he just, you know, he blanched a little, but he sat there and he ate and he was fine. And I asked him afterwards, like, why didn't you just get up and leave? And he said, well, I really liked you. And I liked the tortoise. And I thought this was a small price. And I thought, oh, that's you know, that's it. The tortoise led me to love. And, and I just had to write about that because I thought it was so true. <laughs> oh, that is the best. You know, and, 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 and your friend, Alice Hoffman, was not wrong. That yeah, was it was it was a really good it was a really it was a really good story. I I found her address and I wrote to her afterwards and said, Alice, you were right. <laughs> but you know, it was it was just wonderful to be in there because it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Because after you're in modern love, they have some famous actor or actress uh, read your piece and talk about why they like your piece, and then if you're even luckier, you get it to be on. They have a TV series now, so that part is really good. Um, it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. It's one of my favorite favorites to read. Um, <laughs> that is a that is just uh, that's just a very enchanting story. <laughs> and he was an enchanting tortoise. He really was. He was great. <laughs> good. So yeah, very very charming story and 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 a great litmus test. You know, you can't you can't argue with that. But the man the man passed the test. Right, right, exactly. Well, I always figured like you know if you have a cute dog or a cute cat, anyone can fall in love with a cute dog or a cute cat. But somebody who sees the beauty <laughs> in a reptile, that's 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 something really special. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. All right. Um, I feel like it's a, a, you know you've been so generous with your time tonight and, and sharing uh, things about writing and your life and your stories. And you know we've been talking forty five minutes and it just seems like ten to me. I uh, know. Me too. 
This has been great. Um, do you what else? What else is on your list of, uh, of things you're going to do? Now, of course, I've already you know tried to um, I've already tried to nicely uh, strong arm you into coming back to Decatur Book Festival sometime, and in Atlanta. Oh, I would, that love, will be I would on love this to, year. I yeah, well, I would definitely love to do that. You know, I nobody knows if anybody's going to be touring. There's going to be some virtual touring, um, you know, and, and doing kind of films and outreach that way. And um, I'm just sort of reaching out to everybody, to writers and to to readers. I actually have um, I have a little goodie bag for any readers who want to pre-order my book. It's coming out in August. I got all these beautiful little. I did. It's not. It's not a big deal. It's just. It's a little deal. I made up these really pretty stickers with uh, cowboy boots, and I bought all these packets of seeds. So if anybody pre-orders my book, I am happy to give that to them along with a little drawing that I myself have made. I do not have a special talent for art, but I can sort of draw a little. So I'm, I'm really happy to do that. And, you know, people can find me online. I'm really easy to find online. Folks, you heard it here. Maybe not first, That's right. but you heard it right here. Madam <laughs> Perry's along. If you pre-order, pre-order With or Without You by Caroline Levitt, uh, she's got a special goodie bag, and she made it herself. And it won't have any tortoises or a little tiny, tiny turtles or anything, but it's got a... <laughs> Well, you just heard me, and you just heard her talk about it, and actual artwork by Carolyn Levitt, and um, goodies. I think that's fantastic. So, yeah, don't don't miss out on the goodie bags, okay? Because uh, I had a feeling this artwork's going to be really special, and was oh yes, uh, somebody Jacob asked us again, our buddy Jacob. Uh, he says, can I can you ask Carolyn? Uh, what book are you currently reading now, if you're reading something? Oh, I am currently actually reading. I've had it for a while, and I haven't really started it yet. Is um, It's this book called Santa Fe Noir. It's actually a collection of essays about Santa Fe, New Mexico. And the reason why I'm reading it is because my next book is set in Santa Fe. And although I visited Santa Fe a couple of times and I loved it, I wanted to hear what other people said about it so I could get more of a sense of the story. So I'm reading that, and it's great. And I'm also reading – I have this other book called Wild Game by Adrian Broder. And uh, it's that book's been out for a while. This book has been out for a couple of months. But – I, I just sort of found it in my bookshelf, and I remembered that I had never read it. I thought, oh, I should read this. I always wanted to, and it just sort of got lost in my pile. So I'm reading that one now. All right. So that, and then Santa Fe Noir, which uh, Santa Fe keeps coming up, maybe because it was a, a big part of Key and Grace. When, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, when Frankie went to Santa Fe <laughs> for a while and came back and right. did like it because everybody looked like her. <laughs> she wasn't special. Oh. But, yeah. And I like the cover on that, too, Santa Fe Noir. That's a good cover to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Jacob. And let's see. Oh, one, okay, one more. Have you got time for one more call before you go? Sure. Absolutely. All right. Welcome to Matt. Let's see. Okay, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Please introduce yourself and uh, say hello to Caroline Levin. 
Uh, this is Marilyn Opus. Hi. Hi, Hi Marilyn. Hi. <laughs> How are you all doing tonight? Hi, Marilyn. Good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I was able to get in real quick here. I'm glad I, glad I came when I did. <laughs> I didn't miss Me you. Me too. <laughs> No, so, uh, listen, Marilyn. I, 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 I gotta say, Marilyn is a, is a makeup artist and actor in um, in Maryland, and uh, she's also oh. a writer. She's, I've read one of her short stories, or uh, one of yeah, her short stories. Yeah, she let me do a reading. You read it, it was oh, wonderful. Yeah. So wonderful to have this opportunity to be able to talk to so many different people, doing so many great things, and and hearing how they. Uh, you know the origin stories as well as the, uh, as the you know their own stories. You know? <laughs> right, right. And what I've, I've uh, my main question is is um, like there's so many authors who are doing self-publishing and then or if they're if they're doing with a, going with a publishing house, you know it, it takes a long time to get published or to find a manager or to find an agent. I mean. Which which is the which route would you say is the best way to go? That's for, a great for, question. That's a really you know, great for, question. Yeah, and the answer is it depends. It depends. Self publishing uh-huh. is really change is really changing now, and it's becoming uh-huh. more acceptable. And self published books are being reviewed in the New York Times and in other places. The problem right. with self publishing is that um, you have to have a certain personality to do it well, and that you have to really want to market yourself and get out there and talk to people, because otherwise your book will sort of get lost. I mean, the other problem right. with self with self-publishing has been that um, a lot of bookstores were not carrying those books, um, so they were harder right. to find or strike someone's attention. Oh, yeah. You're almost, you're, you know, I do, I have a couple of friends who did self-publish, and one of them got so many reviews on Goodreads, I believe, that a uh-huh. traditional publisher, I think it was Doubleday, called her uh-huh. and said, you know, you have all these millions of reviews, we want to give you a contract, and so she wow. went with them. So if wow. you have the if you have the energy to contact everybody you know and say write a review of my book <laughs> write a review of my book right, right, you right. can you can get it you can get attention that way right now what's really exciting is they have these publishers now called hybrid publishers which means uh-huh. it's not totally self publishing it's like a press like she writes she writes press. Uh-huh. It's this great press. And like self-publishing, you do have to put out some money. But unlike self-publishing, they do so much promotion for you. Their books uh-huh. get reviews. Their books get everywhere. And they're, um, uh-huh. they're, they, have a real, they have a real, real name. Um, the thing, there are good and bad things with traditional publishers. You can go to a publishing right. company like Random House. They might give you a huge advance, a hundred thousand dollar advance, say. Right. But if you don't get on the bestseller list your first week out, then they don't pay attention to you anymore. It's like what? it's sort of like throwing spaghetti on the wall. If it sticks, they'll right. stick with you. If it doesn't, they're not going to want to pay attention. Um, uh. So it it really depends on your personality if you I mean you know if you can if you feel comfortable going out and telling people about your book and spending a whole lot of time on social media then self-publishing is great if you're shy I would say go to a hybrid 
publisher and always you know you can always try the traditional publishing but even that is changing all of all the publishing is changing so much and who knows what it's going to be like after after corona's done right oh i know i know well who knows what everything how how it's going to affect everything but in a way it's kind of good because there'll be more maybe they're more open to change then you know in some in some ways in some respects Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so we don't know. I mean, people might. Well, we don't know. I know that bookstores are selling more books actually now because people are home and they want stuff to do. Oh, but, yes. yes. But but we don't know like how are they finding out about these books or right, or because right. usually you know you see it in a bookstore and you pick it up because it has a nice cover and then you read the first page and you think oh I want this book. But we don't right. know right now. Hear, so or it's you different. hear about something. You hear about a right. great author. Hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, I appreciate you uh, answering the question. It's, it's always Jennifer always has such a good, good guest and always uh, exciting and good energy. You know. And uh, of course. And, oh, Marilyn, really thank you so much. Thank you so <laughs> much for calling. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank and, uh, you, Marilyn. And oh, keep right. Oh, I will. I will. Now, yeah, every, now things keep get writing. unpacked, and now I can finally have some time to write. <laughs> I just had a yeah. big move being crazy, so we're finally, finally getting it together. <laughs> well, I hope everyone has a great night, and, uh, and, and you, you know, too. much success. <laughs> you too. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. Much. so much, Marilyn. Talk to you you later. too. And be safe okay, out there. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 Good night. She's such a sweetie. She's lovely. I love her. She's absolutely lovely. She's lovely. She really is. She really is. Um, and just just a, uh, an enchanting woman too. Hey, thank you so very much. Oh, are you kidding? Your thank you and so your much. Star presence. This was so wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the wonderful phone calls. And most importantly of all, thank you for explaining Bless Your Heart to me. <laughs> I'm not sure if I did, but <laughs> but you can call me with any questions. Uh, I do have one more very important question. You know I wish you uh, much continued success and greater with all of your books, all of your work, also with uh, – uh, a mighty blaze again. Use me. You know I'm just sitting I down will, here. I will. We will. And, we will. We will. And uh, and if I could ask you with one more question. Sure. Absolutely. Will you come back sometime? Oh, are you kidding? I'll come back tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> you ask me, and I will be there. <laughs> Thank right, you terrific. so we'll so much. It was just wonderful, Jennifer. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to leave you. Well, you were absolutely okay. enchanting and charming and fabulous. And thank you so much. And uh, I hope I'm your new Southern girlfriend. And uh, I'm going to uh, close out with a song with uh, my Hi, message, Lisa. which is everybody's got Thank you so much, Carolyn. Remember, Madam Carrie. Well, Bye-bye. Well,